Hey, what up, Long Beach? Games are back at the beach, and we're back with another episode of the LB Fee Show. This podcast about everything Long Beach State Athletics is hosted by the562.org. That's me, JJ Fiddler, and him, Mike Arnabasio. Always happy to be bringing you the best Long Beach State talk uh, every couple of weeks here. We've got a very special guest you'll want to stick around for. Joy McKenzie Fuhrbringer, the women's volleyball coach uh, at Long Beach State for the past, I believe, five seasons. Looking forward to talking to Joy. Um, they're one of those programs, just like we talked to Coach Mauricio and Gracia on the last episode where they didn't get a season last year. So it was a long time coming for them to be back in the pyramid uh, to get 2021 going. But before we get to Joy, we have to get to the man, the myth, the legend, the namesake of the show, Andy Fee, Long Beach State AD. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great. I am here in my office. It is the first day of school. Uh, we had a home women's volleyball match. I feel pretty good right what now. What are you, some kind of an athletic director? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we are back, baby. We are back. Yeah, are you looking forward to the parking this week, or is it kind of like, oh, no, the parking. I forgot that that's a thing here. You, you know, uh, we are not to 100% back on campus, so the parking is actually not so bad. However, we will be back to the... Uh, the parking ward in the uh, spring semester. Uh, but right now, not so bad. I got to be honest. So this is not a Long Beach State topic, but I'll give you, we, I'll, gi- I'll give you something on that. And I, I, I can tie it in with, uh, with Jeff McNeil. So I get, there's a, there's a Long Beach side. We went to the Dodgers game on Sunday and we had been, we went to two Dodgers games during the reduced capacity and it was a lovely experience, you know, like Dodger Stadium at like 25% capacity, no parking issues. Uh, the reduced concession sucked, but Sunday was a real wake up call. It, it had been, I don't know, a couple of years since I've been to a Dodger game that was sold out. <laughs> it was I, like, okay. we were pulling into the parking lot. We're, we're in line for the parking lot when the game started and we got to our seats right around the fourth inning, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm actually going to the Dodger game next, or I guess it'd be this Friday night with Phil Ramsdale. Shout out to Phil, but nice. I suspect it will be quite a, yes. a, full, a full game. So Enjoy but your parking exciting. reprieve. Yeah, enjoy the parking reprieve while you have it, Andy, I guess is my point. <laughs> Duly <laughs> noted. Back to crowds, back to games, back to feeling a little bit normal. Like you said, Andy, women's volleyball and women's soccer also played last week, but uh, they were on the road uh, yeah, games for those teams starting to feel like the fall, which is really great. Um, it, do you get the sense that like this is kind of a victory for everybody, that not just the people who are on the court, but, you know, a little bit of every part of the department got into it and we, we were able to figure out how to get games back and survive everything that's happened over the last two two years? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously the the coaches, women's volleyball, women's soccer, those coaching staffs and those student athletes are I'm sure over the moon to be playing and uh, you know, we couldn't be happier, but so is our staff. I think our staff, I mean, we're here to serve. We're here to serve these student athletes and coaches and help them achieve academically and athletically. And last year felt really stunted in terms of what we could do as a supporters. So I think this last couple of weeks getting ready for the season to kick off, on August 9th with women's soccer. And, and then obviously we get, we had the, the Pepperdine match on Saturday. I think the staff here is just, 
you know, just watching them, the bounce in their step, our event staff, the, the folks in the pyramid and, and helping getting everything set at George Allen Field. Everybody has a big bounce in their step right now, myself included. So it's, it's really been a real mental boost for all of us. There is going to be a little bit of a change to the game day experience for beach fans this year. The concessions are going to change a little bit. And uh, if we to put two words on it, the two words are going to be food trucks, right, Andy? Food trucks, food trucks, food trucks. So, you know, Hey, life in the COVID world is, uh, is a uh, moving uh, entity, moving target. And uh, I'm sorry, Andy, can I just us, pause and say, I love your monster truck rally approach to the food trucks. It's food trucks, food trucks, food trucks, Long Beach State. <laughs> Sunday, 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 right? <laughs> Robosaurus will be there at the pyramid. Uh, that is where we're headed. We, we did some surveys with, with some of our fans. And again, we're in this COVID world and how can we um, provide some consistency, which is difficult in COVID world because things do change. But from a consistency standpoint, you know, indoors versus outdoors are kind of two different worlds right now. So we are loading up on the food trucks and we will have food trucks outside. We already had it at soccer and it was inside the venue because, you know, George Allen Fields, a, a large piece of real estate. But we'll have food trucks outside the pyramid, outside the red doors, which is the north side of the stadium, uh, the venue along Atherton, parked right at the bottom of the stairs that lead up on the, the red doors. And uh, we're going to have food trucks out there and we'll have high, high tables that you can eat, get some food, eat, or you can head right back into the, the venue um, with some music and some atmosphere out there. But we want to hopefully in this COVID world provide some consistency. And again, uh, I'll be honest, I love the food trucks too. Uh, the campus is using food trucks as well. If you came on campus right now, uh, I believe every day from 11 to 2, they have at least four to six food trucks on campus Again, this outdoor dining experience. So that's a little bit of what fans can, can expect when they show up to the pyramid or if they come out to George Allen Field are some food trucks. And we're gonna vary those food trucks, which I think is kind of cool. You know, it might be a Hawaiian barbecue one night and then, you know, the next night, uh, you know, I don't know, cheese, uh, cheese sandwiches or, you know, grilled cheese truck or something like that. So it is gonna be a little different than what the normal quote unquote year was, but fans will still be able to get some food and enjoy some great action. I'm excited for the, for the food trucks. We, my wife and I love food trucks and I'll, we'll talk, uh, we'll talk off the radar about who's in <laughs> charge of picking them. So I can, I can start lobbying. <laughs> Heck yeah. Hey, we will take all suggestions. That's the great part about this is the menu can change. Yeah, that is cool. A little bit of interaction there uh, with the fans changing a little bit of the experience, but you, like you said, Andy, the experience is the experience, right? It's just be able to be at a game just feels so great after everything that's been happening. And speaking of games, we have the release of the Long Beach State men's and women's basketball schedules this week. So both teams got a full slate of games and hopefully we'll be able to play a full season with a conference tournament at the end for the first time in three years. Uh, ladies first, start with the women. Great to have USC coming to Walter Pyramid. That's always huge to have big programs like that coming to Long Beach. So you got to be excited about that, Andy. Yeah, Jeff, uh, Coach Kamen and his staff, uh, I think put together a really strong schedule. Uh, last year, again, a lot of ups and downs, but I think we saw a glimpse of uh, hopefully what we can expect, which is some really great basketball out there 
And to get a quality opponent like that to come to the pyramid is not easy in the mid-major world. So kudos to our coaching staff. I think the fans are really going to enjoy that women's basketball schedule. There's some, uh, there's some other heavy hitters on there. I mean, going to Oregon, you know, obviously they've been one of the top programs in the country. Um, I know it's not necessarily a game everyone would circle, but having covered the women's basketball team for 15 years, like Long Beach State, Santa Clara women's basketball, for whatever reason, is it like that's one as a writer I'm actually really excited about as well. So some some big games on that one for sure. Yeah, it again, it's I, I think if you're a fan, it is a great schedule home and away. And I really think talking to the coaches and the student athletes, they're they're very excited about this season. They want to prove uh, last year's success in a weird way um, wasn't an anomaly. And I think they've really built over the last couple of years to get to this point. And I am super excited to, to watch that team play. I, I think they've got some great talent. On the men's side, not as many home games with the women actually playing more than half of their games at Walter Pyramid. So that's pretty great. But on the men's side, not as many home games, some good marquee road games, though. And I was talking to a couple fans at a uh, at a high school football game the other night about the schedule and how important it is that Long Beach State men will travel to UCLA, USC, San Diego State. You know, if Dan Munson wants to bring that program back to the top of the Big West, you have to play the best teams in Southern California and look good while you're doing it. Yeah, and it's going to be fun playing those teams. We love to play those teams. And, and regionally, that's how you plant your flag. You, you want these Southern California. Obviously, we recruit all over. But in this region, we want to, to play those teams. In order to get ready for Big West action, uh, you need to go to those places. The, the, the difference a little bit, you know, getting into the weeds a little bit, it's so interesting in this COVID world. And I think Jeff and, and the women's side, they were able to leverage kind of some, some home and away returns that actually benefited them this year. Whereas in the men's side, it was more of a challenge to be really frank scheduling this year. Again, there's still a lot of COVID things going on and certain teams are not traveling. Other States have certain restrictions within the school system. So it was a little more difficult to build the, the men's schedule. It took a little bit longer to put it together, but I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I'm circling the date. One of the games I really think, um, well, tell us a little bit is that December 4th LMU game at the Pyramid. LMU is a very good program. They, I think, will probably be picked to finish in certainly the top half of the WCC and kind of challenge, I think, into that second, third position in the WCC behind Gonzaga. So that's going to be a real, I think fans want to circle that date on the calendar for sure. The other thing I just wanted to point out about both schedules, I mean, you know, JJ and I are a couple of weeks deep now on, as he mentioned, high school football, and obviously, you know, the women's volleyball and women's soccer previews at, at the university, but um, it's an inch. We're, we're all in an interesting spot, Andy, because, you know, the case numbers out there for COVID-19 are in a worse spot than they were at some, during some of the times when we weren't playing sports. Um, but obviously the vaccine has been a game changer, especially for college age athletes and coaches. And what's nice for me is, you just have that little bit more certainty. We all know that there's going to be probably games canceled throughout the year. There's going to be things that everyone needs to be flexible about. But this was the first time I looked at the men's and women's schedules, saw that uh, the Big West tournament, you know, uh, up the 15 in the second week of March. And there wasn't a voice in my head going, maybe, you know, it was like, okay, I think we could probably feel pretty confident about that happening. That's, that's a nice 
again, we're not, you know, we're talking about pieces of normalcy, right? We're not back to normal, but it's nice right. to look at schedules that include stuff five months down the road and not feel like it's just sort of, oh, that's funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, certainly the old joke, you don't want to jinx yourself. However, the, the real key, and President Conley shared this at, at convocation on Friday, which is the kind of opening ceremonies for the academic year. The vaccine is the answer of how we are here in person on campus and more specifically athletics. Uh, we have a very rigid, um, to be really frank, vaccine policy. We, we do allow religious and medical exemptions for it, but our I think right now we're still, there's a few people who still need to get that second dose or they're still in that two week period after the second dose. But right now we're at like, I think 93% vaccination with our student athletes. So I think we're gonna be closer to 95, 96, hopefully. And what that's really gonna do is allow us to play. There is no way, I mean, as much as I'd like to sit here and say, no one's gonna get COVID this year. The reality is, you know, the vaccines aren't 100%, but they're pretty, pretty darn close. But what it allows though, is if we contact trace, I don't think we're gonna have as many cancellations as we did last year, meaning one person gets sick, meaning up the game is off. I think from contact tracing, because of how we look at someone who is vaccinated, asymptomatic, we certainly will test and are testing everybody here at Long Beach State, whether you're uh, vaccinated or unvaccinated, everybody, I test every week, every Wednesday, I go get a PCR test um, within athletics. So my hope is that we really can look at the schedules and, and have a little bit of certainty. Again, I, I can't say that nothing will be canceled, but I really feel like this year with the vaccination rates being so high, not only here, but throughout the big West, I think we're going to play most of the games and that will allow us to have these championships and feel that, Hey, we're really crowning a champion. They've played the games, they've played the schedule and specifically to basketball. When we sit here the second weekend of, of March in, 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 in Las Vegas, um, I am excited because I really feel fans are going to get a good experience. It might not be exactly what, as you said earlier, was normal. But I do think we're going to get a good amount of games in this year, and that's a great thing. Well, and I just want to, uh, before we bring Joy on, make two additional points. The, you know, the vaccine is not 100% effective in terms of those breakthrough cases. It is statistically about 100% effective at preventing what they call serious outcomes from the virus. And I think when we talk about getting kids out there to play, coaches out there to play, and fans there to watch, that to me is, you know, I mean, my wife's a teacher. I know your wife is as well. I feel so much better about her going back to school this year because she has a vaccine, you know, and you go, is she going to be exposed to a lot of kids, not all of whom are vaccinated? Yeah, but all we were really worried about was the, the tragedy, tragedy, not getting sick, right? And so I think that that's worth noting. I mean, and that's what's so impressive to me. The second point I wanted to make was really just a kudos to President Connolly and to you because- We've, had, we've interviewed the health people from the health department. We've interviewed people from the school district. 95 plus percent vaccination rate with young adults. Uh, that has not, that's not happening anywhere else in, you know, in Long Beach. It's really not happening probably anywhere other than college campuses in Southern California. So um, the rigidity of that plan, I, I know that for whatever reason, this has become a, a topic that people debate. Um, when you tell people you have to get the vaccine in order for everyone to be safe, they get the vaccine. And guess what? As you said, 
we can count on, you know, on safety. We can count on a little bit more um, confidence in planning things. And, you know, that's, that's where we all want to go. So kudos to you guys for, for pulling all that together. Absolutely. Yeah, so- it's been a lot of hard work. Go ahead, Andy. I didn't mean to cut you off. It's your show anyways. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was just, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of people across this campus working to get to this very day. Like I, as I opened with a sit in my office, we are here because of the vaccine and working to educate these young folks, as you said, it's a challenge in that age group, that demographic. So it's, um, I'm really grateful. You know, I appreciate your kind words about me, but Really, there's so many other people that that really have done the hard work. And, you know, I, like you, thank them for getting us to a place that we can sit here talking about coming to campus and cheering on our student athletes. So we've got games, which means we've got scores. We can run down those scores real quick before we get to the interview. Women's soccer on the road, season opener, first Long Beach State Athletics regular season game of this year. And it's a W, picking up a win at Cal State Northridge. 2-0, a pair of seniors scored, coming from different ways. Kayla Cannon scored, but she's been here for a while, getting back on the field after an injury. And Daria Petretis, she scored. She's a transfer from USC, where she actually won a national championship. Uh, in her first year, but she's with Long Beach State now and showing how valuable she can be. They are on the road at Pepperdine on Thursday and at number five UCLA at Drizzly Drake Stadium, 6 p.m. on Sunday, a Sunday night special that you can actually catch on the Pac-12 networks if you do have that from your cable provider. The women's volleyball team, that exhibition that Andy mentioned earlier, split four sets with number 22 Pepperdine, not too shabby star of the night, is Cash Williams. She picked up a double-double on her way with 22 kills, 10 digs, four aces. Like I said, splitting a four-setter with an exhibition with number 22 Pepperdine. Very nice. They are at Boise State this week for three games as part of the Boise State tournament, Montana State, Boise State, and Dixie State. It's a state party in Idaho, and Long Beach is going to be there. Coverage of all of those games and everything Long Beach State Athletics, you've got to get to the 562.org right now. All right, our thanks to Andy. We're excited to bring on our special guest uh, entering her fifth year as the head coach of the Long Beach State women's volleyball team. Uh, she's a COVID super senior, Joy uh, McKenzie <laughs> Furbringer. Joy, <laughs> thanks for making the time. I know you guys are busy. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, of course. And thanks for having us. We miss you guys been a long time yeah so you and I got a chance to catch up a little bit after um after the black and gold scrimmage at the Walter Pyramid and it's sort of like what we're all experiencing in our lives of seeing people for the first time in a couple years or a year and a half and it's like okay you know your your daughter is in high school my kids are in third grade it's like everyone skipped forward two years Um, and it had also been like basically two years since you guys had really played you know so what's it been like to return a program to to play after such a long layoff you know I think you know speaking for the players and the coaching staff we're just really grateful that we're back that's you know the the players are showing gratitude every day we're just you know grateful for the admin to bring us back safely and um, President Conley um, you know bringing us back safely and all of our staff uh, and just making it happen for us. And, and, you know, day in and day out, we talk a lot about it, but I think for our team and our staff, I think it's made us really hungry, uh, grateful, 
to be playing the sport that we love. And um, I think you're going to see a hungry Long Beach State women's team coming forward. So you guys have already got some film. You had that black and gold scrimmage that Mike just mentioned. You also took on number 22 Pepperdine and split four sets with them. So from, from your chair, from the bench, how's everything looking so far? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, we're playing every day. We're playing um, a little bit more consistent. We have a little more consistency in, in our play. Um, so I'm really happy about that. I see progression every day. Uh, the black and gold match was nice because it was nice for, you know, everyone to get out there that uh, hasn't played. We even have a couple of kids that are going to redshirt, but they were able to get out there. Parents were able to come and see them. So that was just a special night because uh, they've waited for so long to even have any type of competition. And then, um, you know, Pepperdine match was great. I think it was, um, you know, we were tested and, and they're a top, you know, the ranked number 22nd. Uh, in the nation. And I think that, you know, we were battle tested against them. We've got a, still a lot of improvement, but I think we proved that we can play at a high level. Uh, we just got to be more consistent uh, with it moving forward. And like I said before, is every day in practice, I'm seeing that consistency. So I'm pretty happy with that. Um, if I can detour us uh, back a couple of weeks, you know, away from, away from the university, your husband got to uh, the opportunity to be, who's your top assistant, um, for the yep. women's team, got the chance to go and coach uh, in the Olympics and, and have a pretty memorable experience over there. What was that like for him and, and you and your family? I'm, I'm sure it was difficult for you guys not to be over there with him. Um, but what was that experience like? And, and you know, how's that been? Is, has he been hearing it from the players on the team? Like, oh, you know, you got a couple of weeks off to go to Tokyo or <laughs> what's that all been like? Yeah, no, I don't think they're hearing that. I think, I don't know if, I mean, I think a lot of people heard just if they watched some of the men's volleyball, he had a difficult time getting over in the first place. He actually ended up giving, getting COVID and had to be quarantined up in our house. So I was on the couch. He was upstairs for 14 days trying to pass a PCR test. And luckily um, the team went out pretty probably week or 10 days earlier than he did. So they went out and got a little bit battle tested against uh, the Japan. They had some friendly matches before they actually um, got to their hotel and, and um, were in the, what was it? The Olympic village, I guess it was called. Yeah. It was, everyone was quarantined. So it wasn't like a normal Olympic village, but uh, they didn't get to intermix a lot, but um you know, he was just really grateful that he got the, op he got to, you know, pass the test and got out there to help the team. And, uh, you know, the results weren't um, what he wanted, uh, but I think he was just really grateful that the team got to compete, you know. So. Well, as, as a coach and as somebody that close to the Olympics, do you, do you find yourself watching the games a little bit differently now that you've seen them? all throughout your life are you are you watching the games and breaking it down as it's happening or are you watching <laughs> it as a fan because it might be the only time you get to watch that high level of volleyball as a fan yeah uh i think both you know i think uh it was really exciting because uh our kids are old enough you know we were really hoping to actually go to the olympics last year they were old enough to actually remember it um but at home during these olympics we got to sit on the couch and 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 really watch and just cheer and be fans and and cheer the team on and support them. So, you know, in other instances, I get a lot of, you know, I get to see all the uh, 
film breakdown and hear all the the ins and outs of what's going on on the team. And so um, this year I didn't really get a lot of that because they were off doing their own Zooms and everything while I was doing Zooms. So it was nice just to have the family watching and, and just being a fan of the team and supporting them. Is, is that a level of, um, I don't know, like, is it inspiring? When you come around that summer where the Olympics are and you're getting into the season, do you find yourself a little bit more inspired than other years? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, you know, just seeing the women's team win the gold medal, uh, you know, we've only won two silver medals. That was inspirational. Um, as you guys know, Justine Wong Arentes was one of our volunteer assistants. She's a kid I've known since she was a little, little player running around in the gym. So that was inspiring to watch the men, the level of play, the men are just amazing. I mean, the things that they can do and the level that they play at that that's inspirational because um, for me as a coach, I like to really study it and take some things that they're doing and really understand it and see if we can apply it to our game. Uh, and then also just to see Alex Kleiman and April Ross win a gold medal. I mean, inspirational, right? And luckily for me, I've had an opportunity to coach Alex Kleiman when she was a little kid and uh, I run a club, right? So she played for Mizuno and so did Justine. So for me, that was just really fun to just watch those two and, and those two come home with gold medals. Should I assume if you're studying the men's game, you guys are sellout uh, jump serving every uh, point from now on? Is, is, <laughs> is, is that hey, what's going to be happening? <laughs> we've got we've got two two in the making. You know, um, we'll see how consistent they can be. You know, as you could have seen in the men's game, that was a difference maker, right? Either you were on or you're off, or you were getting some aces and and winning matches. So. We'll see. You guys are going to see Kashana and Erica probably throwing up a jump serve, and we'll see how consistent they are. I love who, who it. Let, think, let's talk. Mike, let's talk. Mike, about, hold on. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta. I gotta ask. Who do you think is the best jump server we've seen at Long Beach State? Uh, TJ. Oh. Well, no, I'm, on the women's side. On the women's side. Come on. On man. the women's hands, side. Okay. Hands down, Misty May. Hands down. No? Oh, Misty May. Well, there you go. <laughs> Misty. Misty was one of the first, and and Misty could hit areas like no other. But who else? I don't. I don't really recall anyone else throwing up uh, a jump Janice, serve. Janisa Johnson had a had a pretty nasty uh, jump serve. Yeah. Misty was Misty was a couple of decades ahead of the curve. Uh, <laughs> ahead of our curve as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and Haley Harwood, uh, you know, at the end of her career, was starting to throw up a, a pretty deadly jump serve too. So, but I, I'd have to hate, say Misty. May. She was. She did. She did hit me once. Yeah, Misty. Haley did hit me once uh, on press row. So I, she gets a couple points deducted for that. Um, you guys, you, that's a couple points added. What are you talking about? That's, that's carnival game stuff, dude. You got to give her a stuffed animal after she donks you. Yeah. Uh, I think he froze here. All right, well, while Mike gets back on. Uh, Coach, let's talk a little bit about some uh, individuals. Obviously, Cash Williams, a star in that Pepperdine match, 22 kills, 10 digs for the double-double. Is that stuff you expected to see from her? Are you a little bit surprised she's right there right now? You know, I, I was impressed with Cash's um, ability to go six rotations. We knew she was going to get there, and she's been training uh, you know, we had a little bit of the spring and a little bit of preseason, uh, the two weeks in preseason, but to see her 
uh, be consistent in that area and serving and defense and attacking of the back row. Uh, you know, we were, we were really impressed with her play that night. So I, you know, we, we expect to see good things and, and we expect her to play six rotations. So um, she's working hard in practice and I, I think she's going to be there. Does she remind you of any other player you've worked with either at Long Beach State or with your club? Uh, Kashana does not. Uh, Kashana is athletically, to me, just a freak of nature. <laughs> she is so strong and explosive. Uh, and a lot of it's her ability to uh, bring part of her finesse game. Uh, you know, sh she's got that fast twitch, so she's got to have a little bit of finesse. And she's really been working on that. In order to be a six rotation player, you know, she's She's got to just control the ball better. And I thought at Pepperdine, she served well and she dug balls and, and um, you know, she's getting there. So it looks like you guys have two setters and you rotated them in that, in that Pepperdine. Matt, what, what's the plan there at setter? Um, you know, right now uh, we have Kasia, who is an incoming freshman from Poland. We've been, uh, she's just, really taken on what we've been trying to teach her. She's got um, a great volleyball IQ and she's just learning our system. And then we brought in Tia Chavera, who's our uh, returning sophomore. And Tia's, uh, you know, really come along. She knows the system. Uh, she knows our players really well. So I think both are gonna really contribute. You're gonna see both of them here and there um, throughout the season. How about uh, sophomore libero Nicole Huff? Uh, you excited about her and her future? Yeah, you know, Nicole um, has really taken on a big leadership role just within the team and the team culture and, and then her performance uh, throughout preseason and, um, and you know, the Pepperdine match. She's just proven to be a, a great passer and uh, she's, a, she's real fun to watch on defense. She's flying around that court. So uh, we've loved the play out of her. Uh, our other defenders, uh, Jenna Giambi and local Dylan Deli Cruz have been playing phenomenal too. So, um, you know, you're going to see those two in the defensive positions as well. So this is my favorite, this is my favorite question to ask volleyball coaches at the end of the season, what team stat is going to tell the story of how your season went, right? Like when, like a, for basketball, for example, Dan Munson always answers turnovers. It's always his answer. He said, if you look at the turnover ratio, that's going to tell you whether or not we're successful. So for you guys this year, what do you think that stat is going to be that'll tell the story? Yeah, I, I'm going to say it's, it's the intangibles that you can't stat, but for it's the little, little plays um, and how our ability to control the ball. I think offensively, we've got a lot of power and, and um, we've got all the right pieces, but it's going to be our ability to control uh, the ball and, and, and that's not really statted. It might be statted in the, the, um, in digs, but you know, we, we have our own stats. We have, you know, where you convert from a pass or a dig to actually, uh, a kill. Uh, but you guys don't see those stats. Want to. Send those yeah. over. <laughs> we'll send them over. They're, they're, they're actually really great to see, but, uh, it'll show, you know, how many of Nicole Hoff's digs actually did we convert to kills? You know, how, how, what was the quality? It wasn't just up. It was a great dig to a set. And, and I guess it's that teamwork, right? It's that if she can, 
convert a dig and our setter can feed the ball and better the ball and who can put it away. So it's that kind of that intangible um, data for us, I think. I wanted to ask you briefly, I know that uh, Jenna Giambi, who you mentioned is one of the, the back row players for you guys. Is she Jason Giambi's niece? Am I, am I remembering that right? What was that like recruiting a, uh, a Long Beach State, you know, legacy le legend uh, into the program? Yeah, you know, um, we have a couple of those. Uh, but yeah, I went to school with Jason and uh, had watched Jenna for a long time. It is his niece. And Jenna has been coming to the Long Beach State camps for years. She just loves Long Beach State and the family supports it. And, um, and so, you know, we just, we just recruited her for, from, you know, the moment we were allowed to recruit her. <laughs> so, so it's just, she's such a great fit. She's just, you know, part of the beach family since she was a little kid. So it's, it's great to have her. We also have Kylia Lopez who, uh, Derek Lopez, I think, was a couple of years before Jason on um, on the baseball team, and, and she's also on the team. Well, well, speaking of recruiting, how has that gone here in the time of COVID? Has it just hit it to a grinding halt? Or you guys find different ways to uh, to get in front of prospective players? You know, I think, yeah, it was difficult. It was um, with the dead period almost being the full year, uh, we got probably 30 days or so, give or take, uh, to really take a look at those um, graduating uh, sophomores, so going into their junior year. And, um, you know, it's still a process, but we got a couple of events that we got to go see in the summertime uh, and really make some final decisions because if you're not making those decisions, as, you know, other schools are. So, uh, you know, we all, it was good because we were able to watch a lot of video, but, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to, you know, see how people are on video and then you see them live. So we were out there working and, and um, you know, it, it's a progress, right? It's in progress right now, so. Uh, uh, speaking of in progress, you guys are going to Idaho for the Boise State Tournament to kick off the season. What is the progress or should say process of you guys traveling right now? You know, are, are you having to go to the airport early and do testing or how does that work? Uh, you know what, no, we test here at the school. So, you know, we'll test uh, tomorrow and then, um, you know, we'll get on a plane and they have some protocol, but it's mostly mask wearing and, and just um, inside and outside. I think we're supposed to be in masks. We have some protocol on the, on the bus and, and throughout the airport and that sort of thing, but primarily it's mask wearing. You guys just going to be locked down there in Idaho? Not like there's like, you know, a bunch to do or whatever, but They're missing out on the Boise nightlife, JJ. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing our best uh, to stay COVID free. You know, I think we just got to make decisions based on, you know, for our team, just uh, trying to keep us safe and, and keep our season going. So that's our goal as a coaching staff. The last question for me, Joy, but we talked a lot to uh, to Andy earlier about uh, vaccines and about how proactive the university has been with staff and with student athletes. And, and I made the observation to Andy that your guys as student athletes on campus are probably the most vaccinated group of young adults, you know, certainly anywhere in the city, but um, really just about anywhere in the country, right? What, what's that process been like? I mean, that's not why anyone gets into coaching to 
talk about, you know, medical safety and, and vaccinations and everything. But what, what has it been like um, being a part of that process of, of sort of making sure that everyone's, you know, able to play and that if you have a, a someone does test positive, everyone doesn't have to quarantine and, and all that. How have you talked to your team about all that? Yeah, you know, I think for us, it was just educating, uh, getting out enough on the vaccination so the, the kids felt comfortable getting the vaccination and had all the information they needed to make a decision whether to get vaccinated or not. Um, that was our first um, you know, thing as a coaching staff was just making sure they got all the information. And then you know, for us, it's just each day our, uh, at, our um, senior admin has been really good at just um, you know, talking to us about protocol and what are the best ways that we need, you know, things that we need to do in order to stay safe. And, um, you know, we just preach it every day and the kids remind each other. We just, for us, we want to stay safe and, and we want to have a season, you know, so that, that's our goal is make it through the season without any cases and, and no cancellations. That would be great. Well, that season gets going, like we said, in Idaho for the Boise State Tournament and then back at Walter Pyramid. Very excited for the Long Beach State Tournament this year. You guys are going to open that thing up against UCLA on Thursday, the 2nd. So we will see you then. Coach, thank you so much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Travel safe. Thank you so much. You guys take care. Go Beach. Thanks again to Coach for coming and joining us. Before we get out of here, we're gonna. What are we calling this? Our, our, it's our your segment, dude. You I know, name I don't. It. <laughs> I don't know what to name it. I think it's just gonna have to create a name for itself. We're gonna try to talk a little bit about something in the sports world that doesn't necessarily yeah. happen in Long Beach's backyard. And this week, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about preseason. Right? Preseason is what you make it. Like I was watching a fantasy uh, football draft, or was at a fantasy football draft the other day. And uh, the preseason football game was on. And I was like, I, I have no idea who any of these guys are. Now, if I did know who they were, if those teams had happened to be the teams playing on HBO's uh, Hard Knocks, then I would be much more interested. Right, Andy? Like, it is what, it is what you make it for the preseason. But do you, do you like watching preseason games? I, I love it. And I am a huge Hard Knocks guy. I, I love that behind the scenes. I also – I love preseason because while – it might not be the exact blueprint of the year. You're going to get a sense of what's probably coming. And so I'm always curious, whether it's the NFL, NBA, even college. I love watching preseason games because as an athletic director or a fan of a particular team, I'm really curious, what are we going to face? What is that opponent going to look like? And I guarantee you, uh, our coaches, they're always watching preseason, right? But it's the same for me. I love it. And yeah, I agree. Half the time NFL preseason, I don't know. But you know what? There's so many great stories, right? Those guys that just come out of nowhere, make a roster, change their life. I mean, it's so much fun to watch it. I, I am on board with you 100%. What about you, Mike? I think it's, it, it, I, I like the storyline aspect of it. You know, the sports aesthetics aren't always great in the preseason. Um, you know, I'm a Niners fan. I'm watching, <laughs> I watch about two minutes of the, <laughs> of the preseason game. I think when you're really invested, you know, in the pro stuff, you get into that, um, you know, JJ, you and I are uh, friends with uh, Chase DeYoung, Major League Baseball pitcher out of Wilson High School in Long Beach. Um, who I, I know actually Andy's kind of welcomed into the Long Beach State family uh, recently. He's been training at Long Beach State during the offseason. Um, Chase had a great uh, spring training for the Pirates, 
and then didn't end up making the the roster for opening day. He got called up like three weeks later or something like that. He's been up since, but um, it was funny, like watching all the pirates fans who had, you know, invested in the spring training games who went to Arizona or who watched them or who are buying into the idea that those games mean something. He had a great spring training and people were like furious, like, what's the point of playing these games then if, you know, a guy can't like play his way onto the team or whatever, like I, as a fan, when you're really bought into a team, those storylines of like, who's the last cut versus the last guy to make a team, um, I think are really exciting. And when um, JJ, our friend Ryan and I were Chargers season ticket holders, I used to love the fourth quarter of preseason games because the guys on the field were like hair on fire. Like I'm playing for roster spot five, three on special teams right now. Um, and so you would see people just absolutely, you know, going nuts and flying around out there. Um, I will say as the resident expert on uh, what having kids does to your sports viewing uh, life, that having our two kids is all but completely eliminated uh, preseason sports from my household. So <laughs> that's why you need writers, Mike. That's why you need journalists out there. <laughs> preseason news matters, man. You gotta, that's, you gotta that's get right. it in there. That's right. Uh, okay. What well, untitled segment? Uh, number two <laughs> in the books. Two, in the books. <laughs> How about we do this? How about we just we, we do the old your ad here, right? So seg- segment waiting for sponsorship is what we we'll call it. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. Untitled. Uh, it's, it. it's it's uh, EJ's Nito stat of the night here on the OVP show. That's what we got. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for uh, for having us back to host the show. Uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. Producer Lindy on the job today. Thank you, and thank you to everybody at Long Beach State who make Long Beach State athletics happen. We will see you in the stands, y'all. Take care. <laughs>